Welcome to the Rooted in Change podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Jan, and you're listening to the Rooted in Change podcast. This show features European clean tech champions and their solutions to tackle the climate crisis. Today, I'm joined by Eden, the head of marketing at Kling Systems. Kling creates a circular system for used batteries by matching supply and demand on a marketplace. We'll learn more about this important topic in just a minute. Welcome, Eden. Thank you, Jan. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to, to be on on the podcast today. Excited to have you on the show. Well, let's start with your background. Who are you as a person? Um, hmm. Tell me your story. Yeah, uh, I'm Eden. I'm a resident of Stockholm. I'm a, I'm a dad as well. Uh, recently engaged. So, congratulations! Uh, That's yeah, exciting. It's, um, it's happy. Um, yeah, very happy news uh, after our recent summer holiday. Um, I'm originally from the UK and moved here in late 2019 um, after quite a few years of living in London. And um, yeah, I just really like the change of scenery, actually, uh, from London to Stockholm is quite a contrast. <laughs> and, uh, I can imagine. What was the one thing that uh, surprised you the most? Uh, I think it's like the air is clean. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> right. really, really clean. And and there's lots of water everywhere. Um, and London, you know, has the Thames and, you know, various other, I guess, bodies of water in the in the area. But, you know, kind of, I guess, being near water is, is some somewhat of a luxury in London, I guess, in, in some parts of, of real estate. Whereas mm. in Stockholm, it's like the default, you know, you're surrounded by water. Yeah. So, so that's so that's nice. Um, and I uh, came to Stockholm with uh, my old company. It was a consultancy called Brunswick Group. And uh, they're specialize in um strategic comms and and uh and public relations and, and things like that and uh they the company have a, a very international outlook so um once you've been in in one of the offices for a while they're, they're quite keen on um allowing people to to yeah travel to the other offices around the world and so the the move was enabled by that and um mm -hmm. and uh, i joined the team Yeah, in uh, over here in, in late 2019. So in the like, just before Corona. Just uh, before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so the timing was very fortunate. Um, and uh, or unfortunate. I mean, it depends on the perspective, right? It yeah, might have yeah. been easier to uh, move to Sweden the year before or sort of afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But again, Sweden also had a quite liberal view on. Yeah, pandemic, yeah. So it might have so, just been the right moment. So it was quite. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was, it was. I mean, it was a weird time for everyone, but yeah, for sure, it was. When in hindsight, you know, I moved, I did, I did a trial period with 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 the team right. here, pre Christmas, and then went back and did all the admin, and then moved in in the first few months of the year, and then quite soon after, I think a matter of weeks after I moved, you know, everything shut down. So um, so it was a, it was a yeah, lucky lucky moment. Um, and uh, yeah, still, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, after after i think i was approaching nine years with brunswick so quite a long time um i was kind of starting to see what else was out there and in in my time at, at the firm at, at brunswick i i worked quite a lot with energy and technology clients mm -hmm. so that kind of intersection of those two really interested me and um it feels like it interests most of your guests <laughs> actually yeah and, and uh, i guess uh, fueled by my interests as well yeah right yeah yeah And uh, I came across, yeah, uh, Kling and, and William, the founder, and um, actually just did a 
a cold email, a cold LinkedIn approach to him and just said, hey, can we go for a coffee? And came away from that very inspired with what he was trying to do and what he was building and uh, just kept up the correspondence during 2021. And then 2022, at the beginning of 22, I was able to join the team. And um, exciting. Been, yeah. Here, here what I, a here. journey. Yeah. Yeah. And- I mean, you just mentioned Kling as well. So why don't we dive right into what does the company do? Yeah. Um, so really, we we try to just enable uh, circular flows of lithium ion batteries or or batteries generally uh, at end of life. Um, so we we typically, you know, batteries have a first life, and that could be a variety of contexts. And then when they reach the end of their life, uh, end of their first life, there there's still quite a lot of potential for them to be used and and this is going to become more apparent in the you know this coming decade really as 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 evs take off and electrification you know becomes much more widespread and um yeah what how we how we're doing that is is kind of creating a collection of systems so it's it's not really one set answer we we try to be quite flexible in accommodating to what our uh, clients need um and yeah just enabling them to match their supply and demand and uh the end the end result of that is batteries being reused recycled and repurposed and you know scaling that up i want to know more about this so <laughs> i mean happy right because otherwise the episode yeah, would be, yeah, would be yeah. like oh thank you this is interesting yeah um so you just said you know that you're enabling the the second life of battery mm-hmm. so maybe let's talk about the first life of battery what kind of batteries are you interested in? So I, I would assume it's EVs, um, hmm. but probably there's more than just EVs out there. Uh, so that's yeah. the one part of the question. The other part is how long is the typical lifespan of a first yeah. life of a battery? Yeah, the, that's a that's a huge unknown, actually. It's so interesting. Right. It's coming at the latter end of this decade, um, mm-hmm. maybe for, for vehicles that have been on the road, you know, in the, in the late teens. Um, but some batteries, depending on how they're how they're used, um, are lasting a lot longer, um, and that's kind of defying expectations on 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 you know when end of first life might be. So it's 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 a huge unknown, really. Um, and when yeah, when when talking about the kind of batteries that we're interested in, it is it is EVs, but it's you know really across the across the um, different types of lithium-ion batteries so it could be you know ev packs but also um modules that uh, are made in the manufacturing process which don't go according to plan so right. uh you know manufacturing is hard manufacturing evs is hard and manufacturing ev batteries is hard and sometimes um the requirements you know don't always match up and and these modules which are a collection of cells and then collection of modules form a pack. Um, they're still very they're still very usable in energy, you know, for energy storage or converting classic cars. So, so that's just a pretty practical example of where we're we're trying to cater to, yeah, cater to, to demand. And that would have been the follow up question. So the demand, where does that come from? I mean, I would assume, or let me rephrase this: I, there is often this second life usage of many products, right? If you're looking at furniture mm. and so on, there's like eBay marketplace and so on Facebook marketplace of where people sell their 
in a private life they they used stuff um and if you're looking for i don't know uh, a closet or you know a coffee table you'll find it there and probably a good condition but for batteries the expectation would be well if they're at the end of their first life mm-hmm. how much capacity do they still hold and who's interested in that second life or end of life yeah. battery and for what yeah, use cases yeah. then yeah and um and there is there is um yeah there's a whole bunch of different buyers um and typically we we try to really try to focus on professional buyers so like you know we're a business business company so we, we don't really try to uh, deal with D- diy practitioners of of that you know even though i'm sure many hobbyists are very skilled and, and enthusiastic it's 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 a part of the market that we're not really um not really focusing on and yeah in terms of i guess where these companies are it's it's really worldwide so we 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 have i think it's over you know registered sellers and buyers in over 23 different countries and you know we've shipped batteries quite a few to the uk which makes me happy <laughs> from the uk you yeah. don't know the cu- customs is tricky i won't right on, after on brexit that. yeah after brexit um but also you know to other places across europe or um in in asia um in the gulf we've shipped batteries so so the, yeah it's um I, i guess a really important part to mention is that what we want to do is enable more companies to participate the benefits of electrification typically you know it's it's hard to really acquire lots of lithium ion batteries from a, one of the big suppliers because you know their their volumes are huge like you know if you're if you're a small little company dealing in energy storage in italy you you won't have the purchasing power to go to one of the big guys and say i need this and this and this so we're trying to yeah help out help out the little guys but also rem- remove pain points for the big guys i guess <laughs> yeah. right so if we if we're staying with that example of you know someone in italy uh, looking for a battery and not having the purchasing yeah. power to go directly to uh, a tier one supplier what would they use the battery for yeah um so it depends and recyclers where which you know is attracting right. a, a lot of um a lot of media attention a lot of capital you know huge amounts of money flowing into recycling from um i guess prompted by the inflation reduction act but you know it's kind of set a bunch of clusters of of activity around the world um but recyclers do need quite large volume um of of batteries so large volumes of of batteries of a specific chemistry for their processes so really an 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 a different type of customer could be yeah a customer customer repurposing the batteries from their original um intention or original usage which would be you know in a car to uh yeah as a backup um backup power supply or converting classic cars is a, is a, is a big is a big one i'm not sure how big it is in italy but, but in the uk for example um there's there's a whole bunch of different companies who convert you know your your nice old flashy sports cars from ice to to uh, ev so say i i am the italian person wanting to purchase um hmm. a battery for turning my uh, my sports car into hmm. an electric sports car the ferrari uh, yeah my, <laughs> the one for the, the one of the three ferraris that are parked in my garage <laughs> yeah. how would i go about that so you know yeah. i have that idea how does the process look yeah, is so, it sort um, of an ebay like system where you know highest bidder wins or how does it work um, 
it's a little there's a few more steps to that um than than that and uh, i guess first of all we would you know you would you would register with us um right. i mean you know you can you can visit ebay type uh places on the internet yeah. and, and acquire batteries in, in this way but we try to yeah introduce a few more steps before the set point of purchase so you didn't you would register with us we would um have a call or calls with you and you know try and really get to get to grips with what you're what you're looking after and then you know it's a case of matching your requirements with what's available in the market and sometimes that's that's something that could be done pretty quickly and straight away and sometimes it's not and you know in 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 when that happens you know we try to stay close to our to our customers and um if if we can't work work uh work something out at the time then you know we we try and you know make sure that in the future if if the, if the supply came up mm -hmm. we could uh, facilitate that gotcha and i would assume it's not matched up by hand so you have sort of a software platform in the back end that yeah yeah we do yeah we've, we've got a, the process yeah we've got a, a software platform and you know very talented tech team um you know building the yeah the data infrastructure really behind behind mm. those um trades and enabling that to to happen um because battery data is it's kind of interesting interesting segue battery data is it's quite guarded it's quite closely mm -hmm. held it's, it's um you know these are industrial secrets or ip yeah. you know whatever you want to call it and um and yeah it's it's typically kind of expensive to to access the the real insides of the battery and testing and things like that so um we 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 work with testers we don't test ourselves it's you know it's mm -hmm. a huge focus area and we could spend a lot of time doing yeah. it and lots of companies doing doing it um anyway uh and yeah, the the data part is a is a really important important part. But our, our kind of belief, one of our core beliefs, is that things have to be have to get more transparent, you know. And and I think the industry is kind of that's being reflected in the industry where, uh, yeah, even the bigger OEMs have you know making small steps towards I don't know pilot trades, collaborations, partnerships, you know, whether the the data of the battery is is kind of being more known and you know i mean a major motivation of this is safety really you know like just safety is important and the more you know about the battery you kind of safer you are and for me the other really interesting part about your business is sort of bringing that that second life to the battery um because i think one of the big misconceptions is that you know once you have in a battery in an ev and you feel you're at the end of the life of the battery. You sort of need to either replace the battery or the car. Mm. You know, that all goes to waste and all the resources are being lost. But I think it's really interesting to introduce that circularity and yeah, well, offer that that asset to someone who can still or who still sees the value in it and sort of bring yeah. in circular principles and making that just a lot more sustainable. Yeah, yeah, and um, I guess it's like a behavioral behavioral change, isn't it? That like you're just trying to provide a decent enough service to affect quite big behavioral change. 
second life is i think is becoming a bit more widespread and people are realizing the you know the benefits of it and and the fact that it's a, it's a source of suppliers which is if not immediately available then perhaps a bit nearer than other sources of supply um and i think course, that's the other part that you were that you were mentioning that you're sort of democratizing that access right to sort of say right now it's I, well you could say a handful uh, slightly more than a handful probably of large battery companies battery system suppliers and so on and they are so large that you know even as a b2b customer that is not interested in large volumes as for example automotive oems would purchase you just don't have the chance to to purchase any yeah, battery yeah systems so and sort of bringing that access uh, to more people and helping thereby the electrification of transportation yeah, it's really yeah. interesting yeah it's 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 really that you know some it's really fun helping companies out with that and and you know sometimes they're in places which are not in europe or in north america and you know they're innovative in their own ways those places and and um it's yeah it's a real i kind of i'm, I'm kind of obsessed with energy security in a kind of, kind of a little bit in a, in a policy way so it's kind mm-hmm. of nice nice i sometimes think of what we're doing is providing energy security um especially when it comes to storage um and and for any energy storage purposes and yeah if if i think greater energy security for more people is is inherently a good thing yeah i'd agree and it probably or i'd assume you would also see a lot of interesting use cases for second life batteries that one would have not thought of directly. I mean, sort of the example yeah. that we've discussed before with electrifying combustion engine-driven cars um, is obviously quite apparent one. But then if you use that for energy security purposes, uh, I would assume that people use quite creative approaches to bring that Yeah, back. yeah. You know, for hospital backup power. Uh-huh. I mean, t- I guess typically those kinds of uh, generators would be diesel generators. And, you know, you could, there is an argument to replace those um replace those with with lithium-ion batteries or um another example is you know on big music tours you know like mm-hmm. there's big old generators like taylor swift's yeah yeah and i think coldplay actually worked with bmw on this um right and you know those those music those diesel generators backstage you know kind of heavy duty polluting um pieces of equipment and you can do the same thing with a second life battery there are companies who do that really interesting yeah um so if taylor swift is listening to this episode we should have to get <laughs> yeah get in contact uh, prior with to it. your uh, european fans. tour next year there's some taylor swift fans and call <laughs> 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 her out yeah i mean maybe that's a good segue into sort of how far have you actually come you mentioned that you joined the company last yeah, year um, and you also said that you know you're or you have customers in 22 countries. Yeah. Um, so sort of from the idea, uh, how far have you come on your journey? Yeah, so um, it, credit to William. He he kind of came up with this idea uh, in 2020. And it was during, uh, William, our, our founder, sorry, uh, founder and CEO. And he spent a bit of time at Northvolt and did a thesis on the reverse logistics of ev batteries and during the right. course of, during the course of this thesis realized that no one really knew where they went um and that was the kind of genesis of the 
of the of the idea of the company and the original manifestation of cling was 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 actually something a little bit different to what we're doing it, it's a ev battery box developed so you know the the packaging to ship the batteries um which companies now are doing so you know the cling box has has legs has life maybe nice. you know just maybe, somewhere else yeah yeah maybe, you know come other companies i think there is, i saw another company that um and yeah that i think william at the time realized that wasn't able to scale um so kind of seg you know transferred the focus into a bit more of a marketplace developer you know a, a typical typical marketplace like like you've mentioned ebay or something like that but um that is also quite hard because you need you need to really take possession of batteries um to it just makes it a lot e- a lot easier if you if you own the batteries yourself in in the trading part of it and when you're trying to match supply and demand and you don't have possession or ownership of them um of of the batteries is 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 very hard and so we kind of made a yeah a bit of a change um last year where where there was a there was a focus from marketplace to where we're we're more involved in the trade um to to kind of get things going and things are kind of taken off since then um mm-hmm. and in 2021 um uh, william bef- before i joined william and the guys raised um a seed round of just over two million euros which mm-hmm. yeah, meant the team team could be built out and then uh yeah we we grew during the course of 2022 um i think finishing the year i think nudging 10 and now we're nudging 15 people um wow so yeah it's it's growing by 50 percent. yeah yeah so it's um it's it's fun when you yeah you go from everyone being in the same room in a small room <laughs> to, to slightly bigger room and then you know multiple rooms sometimes so it's kind of yeah, it's interesting to it's interesting to see the, the you know the change in that and and the you know and also the caliber of the people who are kind of uh, interested in us and joining us is you know really quite really quite something really really you know spectacular skills and experience and yeah really adding stuff to the team amazing to hear and i mean now we looked back where we came from so where are you going uh, you just mentioned mm. sort of the growth of the team what's in store for you and in, in the coming in the future um yeah probably yeah just more trades you know enabling circular batteries and learning as much as we can um the understanding of the benefits of second life and and, and also you know recycling is only going to increase so i guess a large part of that is is trying to be um yeah helpful to companies or raise awareness of the benefits of 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 what we're doing and and um yeah just being connecting you know connecting all the dots connecting the ecosystem and trying to be the backbone of it all um if i'm taking and if i'm taking a very financial viewpoint on all of this you know a nice nice strong balance sheet would be would be uh, (laughs) a priority yeah startup you know in this profitability yeah um profitability and you know fortress balance sheet i think is a, mm. is a nice strong term to adhere to um and and yeah I, I guess from a policy point of view uh the eu has passed battery regulations so you know in the next three to five years that 
will have landed or has landed kind of parts of it have landed already so trying to if i'm just thinking this from a europe perspective you know making sure that we're part of that set of change that is made by that policy you know like trying making sure that everything is is aligned with the policy and and helping helping customers adhere to all the requirements of that and i mean you, you mentioned williams um the time at northvolt mm. do you think that sweden is now sort of becoming the battery powerhouse of europe at least or i mean may potentially globally yeah. is the, I, I think it's quite interesting dynamic that a sort of a lot of battery tech companies yeah. are coming out of sweden you know there's a, a lot of good research um coming out of i think stockholm Uppsala, and so on um yeah I what's your is, what's your take on that i think there is something to be said for that for sure and um yeah Northfolk has been a big lots of talent being attracted to Northfolk from all around the world and the importance they place on renewable energy powering the operations is is you know pretty impressive when you look at this i, I haven't been to Rolefta or any of the sites but you know it'd be, it'd be really fun to go one day um and you know aligning aligning all those factors at the point of production is 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 really quite um i think it's very hard i mean i'm not i'm not an engineer i'm not i'm not a gigafactory engineer but you know it's 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 hard and to be applauded and hopefully the way to go um yeah and i guess also sort of the the awareness that they have shaped, you know, they were just found in 2016, but yeah. sort of in the short span since then, uh, first and foremost, how far they've come creating an industry in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, from now, that's a, quite a Sweden-centric perspective, but up north, there weren't really any tech jobs, right? It was sort of in Stockholm yeah. or southern Sweden, but out of a sudden, you're creating that economic boom with its pros and cons obviously we're looking at the housing market up north yeah, of course, um, yeah but sort of bringing bringing that opportunity back to a region that didn't have any high paying jobs before i think it's quite interesting as well and of course yeah. sort of the the ecosystem that you just described of people uh, having spent some time at northvolt you could see that pattern i think also in other parts of europe where if you look at berlin or where i guess it was the same for london where you had you know, fintech founders or startup founders uh, spending their time at impactful businesses, well-renowned businesses, and then starting their own career out of that and sort of dedicating their time to a cause just because they have made this experience. I think it could be quite interesting to see how Northwold yeah. will impact the Swedish uh, climate tech Yeah, it's kind of a really, really powerful combination of talent and capital. And, you know, credit to Northwold, they have raised... <clears throat> sizable capital capital for their for their operation. yeah i mean they also needed in order to create those <laughs> factories and build those factories yeah um and yeah you you, you kind of clusters of people who've, who've worked very hard on on the same thing together for x years you know they tend to be um good things that come out of that you know whether it's people starting companies together or or um partnering you know, the supply chain, the supply chain of batteries is so, so lengthy and, you know, all, all these things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting to be, to be in a, a place where there's, there's so much momentum mm-hmm. in the sector. Yeah. Looking or going back to 
Kling, what would you say is the one really tough challenge that you had to overcome so far? You know, we've looked at sort of the positive sides of growing the team, of uh, moving out of being all in the same room into multiple rooms, growing the team from 10 to 15 in just a year yeah. and so on. But what's sort of, what's the the challenge side of things that we haven't touched upon yet? Yeah, Um I guess one one important factor, and it's you know, there's no way of getting around it, is that we're we're like a small, nimble um, startup who can make decisions quite quickly. And then some of the companies that we're we're, we're dealing with are you know big beasts with with um, you know huge balance sheets, huge numbers of shareholders, you know processes, and 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 all, all, all the things that come, all the benefits and drawbacks that come with being a big company so we've we've had to kind of yeah get used to the the slight the the slower pace of 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 decision making or or um or you know go no goes on pilots things things like that is 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 something that we're quite now quite um attuned to and and uh you know able to you know respect that other people have you know longer timelines than us and and it's it's just something that we've we've uh, we've had to yeah become less impatient i guess right. did um, you find any ways to accelerate their timelines in order to sort of meet uh, halfway yeah there's probably something to be said of finding the right person which is you know right. in a big company with thousands of people if you, if you're working with a big company with thousands of people you know finding the right person is is sometimes the key that unlocks everything else um and yeah that's that's something to be said and any tips I, for finding I, that I, right I, person like what's the secret source there yeah because um, i think that's really a val really valuable insight and sort of the, this one yeah. person can open you a lot of doors and unlock yeah. those opportunities for you but how do you get to yeah. them? um i guess it's, it's such an obvious thing to say but linkedin is 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 a you know, hugely valuable tool in that respect mm -hmm. um and you know there are ways of approaching people directly on 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 you know linkedin if you just are kind of persuasive enough i guess you you can get to the right person mm -hmm. uh, and i guess another another challenge it's kind of funny your previous guest uh marco is it he was he was talking yeah. about standards and there was that meme of like standards yep. and standards and you know we like that meme as well like it's like a right. we, we you know it's a big we're, we're fans of that meme um and it's it's kind of true on 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 um standards of you know what what is the base standard of of acquiring a battery what are the what are the things the must-haves that customers need is 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 um yeah it's, it's kind of changing from from month to month i mean there is some consistency but yeah, when I heard that, it made me chuckle because it's nice to see that those memes are apparently shared across yeah, yeah. Um, countries and industries. Standard memes, you would have thought, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's the irony in that as well. Um, right, really helpful insight, I think, in terms of helping others to make those connections that are valuable and sort of your tips and tricks on it, I think, uh, really good, really good insight there. I'm sort of wondering, um, towards the end of our conversation, and we slightly touched upon this earlier, but I feel there's 
a high number of misconceptions around batteries and mm. sort of you know the sustainability even of batteries it's been questioned over and over again so um maybe even if you whenever you go back to to the uk and you're having a pint in a pub with your old friends and you know that question would come up what are sort of the one or two myths that you would like to bust today yeah. regarding batteries yeah um, or the misconceptions around batteries i guess yeah too i mean too i don't know if it's a misconception but it's kind of easily forgotten which is that like lithium-ion batteries have been around for so long you know right like, edison and ford worked on this stuff in the previous century so it's kind of and they decided that you know the consensus emerged that internal combustion engines were the better bet yeah it's, it's always worth remembering that you know evs are not new um even though the ev the conception of the evs is the new thing and actually they've been around for so long um and i guess another one is you know chemistry isn't is is ev battery chemistry is is not assured so you know so there's lots of work being done on sodium ion um and you know it's kind of it's 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 interesting to see the developments in that and you know how how those two will lithium ion and sodium ion will complement or compete with each other um and i can re i can definitely recommend a book that i read on holiday uh i hope that's okay to plug a book to to your to your uh, readers always um, yeah, please go ahead yeah um it's called it's called volt rush by a guy called henry sanderson and it kind of covers yeah just the you know broad spectrum of, of all of this um yeah and and you know unearths some of the misconceptions or or so kind of digs down into the myths which i think is so interesting and mm -hmm. if if you like energy policy then another one which took me a lot longer to read which is the quest by dan jurgen um right. and that covers the edison for you know the, the the factors that led to evs being abandoned in 1910s or 1920s whenever it was in in new york mm. yeah i think the other really interesting thing that you just said apart from sort of the historic perspective is that so much new technology is being developed um and, you know we had uh Eloise here a while back from Annapoli and also sort mm. of just sharing their progress on their view on battery technology i think it's so interesting how many impactful technology companies out there trying to make a shift and how much is still to come i, I feel we're very much just at the beginning of this revolution in terms of what yeah. batteries will do um that the question of well sustainability is, is a really important one but i'm pretty sure we'll figure out and i think you know the way you're handling it is a really important one because the business just started and you know you're already in in 23 countries yeah. showcasing that there is demand for the solution yeah yeah 100 um and there was one i mean it's kind of this is it's kind of big different way different to what we're doing but it's, i guess it's all related is that there's this one company which is building an interconnector from morocco to the uk and you know mm -hmm. it, like linking the solar energy generated in morocco to the uk and i don't know that kind of got me thinking of like maybe that's the you know that would be the status quo in in um I, i have no idea how many years it'll be but you know 20 years where there'll just be areas of high solar um solar power and solar potential being connected by these huge undersea cables um you know maybe that's maybe that's the way forward 
Yeah. And I think that's the other interesting part that you just said is it's all connected. And I feel this is very much the case for battery technology because it, it has impacts on mobility, but it also has impacts on um, you know, energy storage in terms of distributed energy systems, yeah. household, flexibility, and so on. It's such a convoluted market, but at the same time, such an interesting one because so many important technologies are out there and are being scaled at the moment that don't dictate the mainstream conversations just yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and probably the one of the most important points is, you know, from an affordability point of view is, yeah, just ensuring that access to charging and cost of ownership is low enough that it's widespread and easily accessed rather than borderline luxury, which in some places it kind of is. Yeah. I have two last questions for you. Um, number one, given your communications background uh, with a strategic communications agency, what would you say batteries still lack in terms of their positioning, in terms of their marketing communications efforts in order to really convince everyone of the, that is the way forward and uh, oh, well, batteries yeah. will in the future? Good challenge. Um, let me think. Yeah, this is a hard question. So I guess I'm speaking. That's why I put it towards <laughs> the end. Big match VOEMs. I mean, safety is, of course, you know, the thing that everyone cares about most and attracts most attention when it goes wrong. So, you know, Think, I think everyone everyone's doing as much as they possibly can in terms of communicating the relative um, safety of, of a given piece of lithium-ion technology. Um, but yeah, you could I guess you could always do more. Um, you know, there are spontaneous combustion in, in internal combustion engine, uh, you know, spontaneous fires in ice cars, you know, quite a lot. Um, so there's always... There's always this like balance to be struck with the reality of 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 you know frequency of fires in internal combustion in cars versus the fact that if an EV does go up in in flames it it is you know burns for a long time and inevitably attracts a lot of uh, concern around that. Yeah, I think for me the sort of communications and marketing part that might still be missing is something that we started to touch upon, which is sort of that network effect. I feel with existing automakers, OEMs, you would always have, you know, Volkswagen versus BMW and so on yeah. versus Volvo. And, you know, it would be this, this, this competition of large companies. And I feel in the battery space, of course, there's also a lot of competition. And at the same time, I think there's a lot of helping out each other in the sense that solutions are so close to one another and they need one another a lot more. You know, what would your yeah, business model yeah. be without the OAMs manufacturing the, yeah, yeah, the battery yeah. systems and battery cells in the first place? And so I think that element of cooperation is sometimes a bit missing from sort of the marketing point of view to say, look, it's not just the battery that you're purchasing, but you're actually tapping into this 
ecosystem of cooperation instead of competition, which will yeah. in the long run ensure you that you've made the right purchase there. And I think that part is not stressed enough, but I feel we've made a start today to go there. Yeah, I think that's that's really important and a yeah, really good note to end on is the importance of collaboration and partnership and sometimes setting aside commercial hard commercial yeah. red lines that can't be drawn crossed and you know it's all it's all for the better for the world if there's more electrification and if the cost of accessing that is lower and you know profit margins only take you so far when it comes to you know if there's no planet left then you know yeah, exactly what's the point margins don't help you imagine if you don't have a planet to, to have it yeah. in so yeah so that was the one question. The other one that I still have left is, uh, you know, and we started to touch upon this as well. And uh, now with our slightly dooming outlook as well, if you're saying no planet left, what is it that keeps you going? Because obviously the challenge that we're facing is huge. Uh, and, you know, you just mentioned the books also that you read during your summer holidays. And sometimes those readings can leave you a bit frustrated because, you know, you just mentioned as well, we had the solutions a century ago. The yeah, EVs yeah. were there a century ago and we were sort of starting over. That is frustrating um, to the point that you could lose hope. So what is it that keeps you going and makes you get up in the morning in order to uh, go to your job cling and make yeah. the world a more electrified place? Um, my, my daughter wakes up at 5.30, so she, she gets... Okay, yeah, that's, that's a helpful starting up. point to get. No, come on, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I would... The easy answer is 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 is, you know, trying to trying to enable a better future for her when she's older but really like the 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 frequency of extreme weather events is it's kind of happening now isn't it you know there's no there's no in the future there's it's like these things are happening now you know with pretty alarming regularity so that's that's a pretty strong motivation and yeah as you say it's kind of you can slip into the uh, you know, doom scroll kind of thing of it all, where finding it overwhelming. You know, all the all the all the difficulties that come with them, um, all the changes that we're seeing to the environment, and so it's kind of it's 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 motivating to try and be yeah solution orientated in in that in that um, conversation. You know, trying to be part of a a thing where there's it's um yeah you're you're flipping on, on its head and being a, a solution to a problem rather than just diagnosing the problem. Um, or contributing to the problem. Yeah, or contributing to the problem, yeah. Um, I think that's a pretty powerful motivation. And yeah, I guess, uh, you know, joining a startup is at an early stage is a, is a real pleasure just to see, you know, the team grow and and um, the quality of the colleagues. And, you know, I think we all inspire each other. Um, there's There's lots of that. We're kind of defying the work from. Home. I don't know if this is controversial or not, but we we all sit, you know, most of the time together in in the same place, and you know, there's lots of it's a high energy workplace, and that makes it um, that breeds a lot of inspiration. Uh, you know, I know lots of people may not um, have that. You know, that may not work for lots of people, but it certainly works for us. Well, that's great to hear, and um, it really motivating closing statement um to sort of yeah uh, it's nice to be part of a solution rather than sitting on the sidelines or either 
or even contributing to the problem. So, well, uh, good luck with uh, your future endeavors at uh, Kling. I'll be sure to follow your progress and cheer for you. Thank you, Jan. Yeah, it's a real pleasure. It's a real pleasure talking to you. Okay.